The toughest tavern in Big Sky Country wasn't the legendary Jimtown Bar near Lame Deer, with its acre of spent beer cans under which a corpse or two were likely buried. It was an Al's Tavern near the Billings Sugar Plant, with its buckshot-scarred front door and concrete floor stained with blood and brains. No, that honor belonged to the dead canary, the dive outside Butte where the shot glasses once used to throw whiskey down the cold-dusted throats of dying miners, were now clasped by hell's angels and truck-stop hookers, poachers and drug dealers from the Flathead Indian Reservation, plus the gang of circus freaks more formally known as the pit crew of legendary daredevil Evil Knievel. I was one of those freaks. That Saturday night, I was hanging out at the bar, staring down the dozens of elk-head trophy mounts hung without rhyme or reason, as if customers paid their bar tabs with taxidermy. The effect was bizarre, like the beasts were stampeding right at me. I was sitting beneath a sign that announced, Powder! No candles or lighted pipes allowed in this drift per order. A relic from the Montana Mining Company's hunt for silver and gold, and a warning that seemed a little too on the nose for the bar and for me. This place was always one lit match away from disaster. It was squat and dim, with no windows for an easy escape. A cover band jammed in the far corner. Drunks crashed into each other on the makeshift dance floor. I was tossing back whiskey and trying to make the bartender, Rachel Two Bears, laugh, she was tall and lean and hailed from the crow res at the Wyoming border, though now she lived above this bar. She told me she was just there to help out a friend and planned to leave once Labor Day came around, but it seemed like she'd made herself at home, and I was glad about that. I wasn't sure if we liked each other or just hated the same people. Okay, I'm full of shit. I was crazy about her. Big push to spring Patty Hearst for good, I said reading the front page of the Montana Standard. The kidnapped heiress-turned-bank robber was out on bail while she appealed her conviction, and newspaper columnists fed us daily dollops of details about how hard life had been for her when she was criming. Carter's going to commute her sentence, mark my words. She practically spat. You really think so? The best justice system money can buy, she said. She mockingly assumed the voice of a bleeding heart. Oh, poor girl, she was only 19 when it started. The Marines got me when I was 17. Where's my sympathy? Right here, she said, and refilled my shot glass. Rachel's politics were interesting. She seemed to have sympathy for Native American and other civil rights causes, but generally speaking, she was pretty hardcore law and order especially when it came to rich white folks gaming the system. There were bikers in the house, big, ugly, hairy dudes. Some of those guys were freedom-loving rebels. Others were actual fascists. There were also cowboys and Indians, students and farmers. And I wondered which way the night would go. As if she'd read my mind, Rachel said, Cantina scene tonight. A few days before, Rachel and I had gone to see Star Wars. Lot of weirdos, I agreed. Not sure this means we're at the start of an epic adventure, though. She smiled. 
you're not getting laid, if that's what you mean. Solo again, I grumbled. She winked at me and then went down to the bar to pour a shot for a short, stocky biker in a black leather jacket. <laughs>